from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. Well, glad to have you along with me today and hope you're having a good week before Christmas. Last week we had a fantastic time at the Homewood Theater uh, with the band and I in our great big old Christmas show and it was a packed house and lots of laughter and fun. I thought I would share the Christmas story that I gave during that time from, of course, the mythical and very real town of Mount Nebo and the Mount Nebo folks. So for Christmas, uh, this is a very fitting tale. Hope you enjoy. I want to tell you a strange and wonderful story, a Christmas story about two juvenile delinquents, barbecue and karma. It begins with one of the richest men in Mount Nebo, a wealthy gentleman farmer named Earl McGiddy. Earl owns half the county. Apparently, Earl's granddaddy was pretty adept at picking up farmland when the poor farmers were up to their eyeballs in debt. So Earl, being the little prince that he is, inherited it, and he never did any real work other than trying not to lose what his grandfather left him. Earl's a nice enough fellow. He mostly rides around in his latest pickup truck, drinking coffee at Hardy's and complaining about how hard it is for him because of all the entitled people in the world. He himself, as a farmer, is one of the people of the land, as he puts it. But Earl himself wouldn't actually farm unless it involved air conditioning and automation. Now, since he doesn't really have anything to do every day, he is majorly into hobbies. He collects tools, guns, musical instruments, Confederate artifacts, ceramic squirrels, fishing lures, NASCAR debris from the wrecks at the Speedway, and lately, hogs. Now, you heard me right, hogs. He raises them and enters competitions, and he's become quite good at it. He and his wife, Marvella, travel all over the country in an RV pulling a hog trailer to shows. Now, you have to have an edge, so to stand out in the competitions, Earl started naming his hogs after celebrities. He had a prize hog named Hank Williams, one named Julia Roberts, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and John Wayne. He had a pot-bellied pig named Danny DeVito and a short one named Tom Cruise. Can you imagine hearing at the contest? And now we have Tom Cruise, owned by Earl McGiddy at Mount Nebo, North Carolina. His real prize porker turned out to be named Brad Pitt. That hog won every competition, not only in the state, but the country. He even bought Brad Pitt a companion, which he named Jennifer Aniston. But then, of course, Brad took up with Angelina in real life, so Earl got mad, but he still changed her name to Angelina. Now, Shorty down at the gas station says, Angelina's probably a better name for a hog than Jennifer anyway, but it confused the poor hog 
for several months, and she would have nothing to do with either Brad Pitt or Earl. So Earl would go down to Hardy's and drink coffee and complain that it was a sad day when pigs started acting a little better than Hollywood stars. So this is where karma comes in, and barbecue. See, there's this house painter we have in Mount Nebo named Jim Beam. I know, it's sad that his mother named him for the demon that wrecked his life. Jim was a hardcore alcoholic. I don't know if it's the paint thinner, the turpentine, or the fumes, but many of the fine painters I've known around Mount Nebo have wrestled with the bottle and lost. Now, poor old Jim has been in and out of rehab so many times they thought about putting a revolving door on the detox center. Funny thing is, it never affected his painting. Man, he was good. He tried to get out of painting. The worst idea was Jim's painting an A1 driver's ed school. Now, no self-respecting parent's going to put their child in a car with a recovering alcoholic named Jim Beam to learn how to drive, but that wasn't really what made Jim quit the driving school. His one and only customer was Brian Lee Felch, the mayor's kid, who'd already flunked driver's ed at the high school twice. So Jim was his last resort. Now, if Brian Lee's daddy wasn't such a good mayor, Brian Lee would have already been in the penitentiary. When Brian Lee got in the car for his first lesson, they barely had gotten out of the parking lot. Then he laid a patch and headed down Main Street. He hit 70 miles an hour just before he clipped the side view mirror off a police cruiser and he hit the blue dumpster next to City Hall. Well, Jim shut down the driving school after that, joined the church and was baptized and he's been clean ever since. Unfortunately, Jim's boy, Michael Ray, took right up after his daddy and even worse, was buddies with Brian Lee Felch. Michael Ray went to the Dew Drop Inn a little while back and there was Brian Lee. They started drinking and hollering and drinking some more. By midnight, everybody with a job or a husband or wife to go home to had left, leaving two drunken disorderlies alone with the bartender. They decided to go have some fun. First, they decided to look for some shopping carts. Brian Lee liked to take his car down and find a shopping cart out in a parking lot somewhere and put it on the front end of his car and rev it up and push it with the car to see how fast they could get one to fly down the street. And then he'd slam on the brakes. Now, fortunately, all the stores had learned their lesson and started putting their carts back inside every night since the last time Brian Lee did this, one shot up into the plate glass window at the motel. So they went down to the Prendergast funeral home. The back door always stays open. And most people, even criminals, are afraid to go in a funeral home at nighttime. They got the bright idea to roll a few caskets in front of a car to see how fast they could get it going on top of that wheeled casket cart that they use. So they stole the prettiest one they could find, the Deluxe Mahogany Woodman of the World Special Edition. They lined it up on the front of Brian Lee's Camaro and started slowly, but then off they went. They got up to 18 miles an hour before it veered off into the Dollar General parking lot and fell over, so they just left it there. Now, according to Michael Ray Beam, their next stunt was Brian Lee's big idea. He said, hey, let's go steal big fat old Brad Pitt and take him for a little joy ride. They drove all the way out to Earl's farm and they loaded that prize hog into the back seat. Poor old Brad Pitt 
Must have been squeezed in that seat like an oversized sausage. So off they went, hooting and hollering. Mrs. Wilbanks heard them go by her place. Brian Lee and Michael Ray yelling out, that car roaring, and poor old Brad Pitt squealing for his life. I imagine that hog had never ridden in a souped-up Camaro down a dark country road with two drunken rednecks. I don't know what those knuckleheads thought they were going to do. Michael Ray said they just wanted to take Brad Pitt for a ride to be able to get out and so they could say they'd been out with a movie star. But things went badly wrong. When they came to Dead Man's Curve, they didn't quite make it, and they went straight into a telephone pole head on. Fortunately, they'd buckled themselves in, but they forgot to put a seatbelt around poor old Brad, and he went head first somehow over their shoulders right through that windshield and into that telephone pole. We still can't figure out physically how he fit through it, but I guess if you hit anything that hard, an object will fly through a windshield opening. They climbed out, and they looked down at Brad Pitt. He was on the ground, and he wasn't moving, and they knew they were in real trouble. Now, Ms. Wilbanks had called the sheriff because she thought the hog squealing sounded a little like her sister's middle child, and she got worried, so by the time they could gather themselves, the sheriff came and hauled Michael Ray and Brian Lee to jail. Brian Lee was released on his own recognizance since his daddy's the mayor, and a deputy drove him home. But Michael Ray, being a beam, spent the night, and the high sheriff said, Son, you may go away on this one. That hog was worth a lot of money, enough to make this a serious felony crime. You're going to prison. And Brian Lee has already agreed to cooperate and said you made him do it. So you had better get yourself a lawyer. And that ain't all. I got a report of a mahogany casket down in the Dollar General parking lot, and I got a feeling I could tie you boys to that one, too. The preacher got a call from Jim Beam, who was sick about it and felt responsible since the boy grew up seeing him at his worst. So next morning, he and the preacher headed down on Christmas Eve morning to bail him out. And that's where the barbecue comes in. Leon's Tire and Barbecue. The preacher said, let's stop off and get some. I know it's Michael Ray's favorite. Now, Leon is about the nicest fella in all the world. Leon's family farmed for generations, but his daddy went broke, and they sold out to the McGiddies just like everybody else for next to nothing. Leon and his 11 brothers and sisters and his folks were evicted from the farm and ended up living in a shack on Dry Creek Road. So they worked in the mill and sacked groceries and worked for other farmers, but they finally were able to survive when his daddy, Leon Sr., opened Leon's Pick of the Pig barbecue, which later became Earl's. And Mr. Leon had a sauce that was a family secret. People would come from everywhere to eat his barbecue. You could smell it for miles when he was cooking in the morning, and by 10 o'clock, they were lined up to buy it. Leon Jr. had carried on his daddy's business, and he did all right, but he, he wasn't getting rich. And Leon was always too nice for his own good. He fed hungry strangers for free, gave you extra sauce, sent his barbecue to everyone who'd had a death, and donated it to everything the church ever did. Times have been a little hard recently, though. He had a single daughter with three little kids, and he was supporting them 
and his sister and her family were staying with them while her husband was out of work since the mill relocated. Rumor was the restaurant was in trouble. But that morning, Christmas Eve it was, Leon was in a happy mood. Preacher told him he was on the way to the jail to see Michael Ray, and he said, Why, your money's no good here. You tell that boy I'm praying for him. You know, God is good to us, he said. And he leaned forward, cupped his hand around his mouth, and in a private voice said, This here barbecue we are enjoying is courtesy of the good Lord himself. I found out yesterday that my whole shipment of pork had gone bad. The fact is, I didn't have the cash to get another supply this week. Anyway, it's been a bad year. I've barely made it, and I've got a lot of mouths hanging on me. But then the darndest thing happened. Two nights ago, I'm sitting up praying, asking the Lord how I'm going to get through all this, and finally I just went to bed. Figured, well, that's it. I'm done. About four in the morning, he said, I hear a noise at the front door. I opened it up, and standing there is the biggest, grandest hog you ever saw. Just come right to my house. And the amazing part is, we just stood there for a long time, he and I, looking at each other. He didn't say anything. He didn't charge me. He just stood still, really kind of looked tired and sad. And then that old hog just heaved a big old sigh and fell over dead right there on my front porch. Well, after the shock wore off, I, I looked up and said, Thank you, Lord. And we got to work right there and then. I had enough pork to make it through until I can get a new supplier to deliver. I couldn't have bought that much meat right now. It just walked right up and died right in front of me. Now, he didn't say anything about Michael Ray and the theft of that hog, and the preacher didn't either. I think he suspected, but then there's a lot of hogs out there walking around at night. It didn't have to be Brad Pitt. It could have been a visiting hog passing through. You never know. But Leon's place is 15 miles from where Brad Pitt went into that pole, so... Nobody could really prove it was him. Later, while the preacher was visiting at the jail, the sheriff came in and released Michael Ray, and he said, Son, this is your lucky day. It looks like that hog wasn't dead. When the county boys went back to get it yesterday, it was gone from the side of the road. They're out looking for him, but he's changed from a murder victim to a missing person. So since the evidence has disappeared, so to speak, I'm probably going to have to let you go. And he winked. And that's how Michael Ray Beam got the first break in his whole life. The preacher didn't exactly know what he should do, ethically speaking. I heard the mayor felt bad about it and promised Earl that if they didn't find Brad Pitt soon, he would pay to replace him. And, and Earl agreed if they would add 50% interest on that since he'd thought about breeding Brad and Angelina to produce prize hogs. Angelina, of course, seemed relieved Brad was gone and lived out her days in peace. I'm pretty sure that was Brad Pitt that came to Leon's front door and keeled over. On the one hand, it seems like information somebody should report. On the other hand, that pig coming to and finding his way to Leon's place seems, well, Maybe like a Christmas miracle to me. And Earl's laziness and mostly living high on the hog from an inheritance built off other people's misery, well, that's karma. The part I can't figure is how Brad Pitt, the porker that is, 
swooning in the night, got up and walked 15 miles to Leon's. A man whose business probably was saved by the selfless sacrifice of that pig who was willing to breathe his last for Leon. A man whose daddy had been swindled by none other than Earl McGiddy's grandfather. If that ain't karma, it's enough to keep us from squealing to the sheriff. If Brad had stayed by the side of the road, the county would have picked him up with shovels and buried him at the dump. Instead, that sweet hog saved the town's favorite restaurant redeemed a troubled boy's life, and helped many a household in Mount Nebo feed their relatives on Christmas Day and give Earl McGiddy a well-deserved slap in the process. Not many people's lives count that much. The sheriff apparently let it go. Earl got his money, said forget about it. He'd done bought him two new hogs and named them Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Michael Ray is going to do some community service for being drunk and doing the property damage, but B.O. said if he would come down to the funeral home and help refinish that casket, he would let it go. And Michael Ray said, yes, sir. As soon as I get out, I'll do it. And then I'm getting in a program like my father and get off that stuff for good. So all is well. Still, what I can't figure out is how did Brad Pitt make it 15 miles that night? Somebody had to give him a ride. But who would give a hog a ride in the middle of the night? And why drop him off there? And why would a dizzy hog walk up to a house where he'd wind up on a bun with top secret sauce? But this is Christmas. And around here, a lot of strange things happen. It's like the one quote that I memorized from Shakespeare in my college class. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Spoken appropriately enough, by Hamlet. Some things you just take as a Christmas miracle. And that is the talk of the town this year in Mount Nebo. Whenever Earl drives by hauling Taylor Swift and Travis around, we get a little private laugh. Michael Ray is finishing that casket refinish, and it looks great. B.O. Prendergast decided he would raffle it off and give the money to the local AA chapter. I hope all of you have a little Christmas miracle this year. If you have a little barbecue ordered, take a minute and give a little thanks for it at last. Nothing good you have just shows up without some sacrifice. And should you ever get to go by Leon's Tire and Barbecue in Mount Nebo, give a little prayer of thanks. Thanks for Brad. Not the actor, but maybe the finest hog that ever lived. Drive safely. Don't forget to buckle up your hogs when you take them out for a ride. Merry Christmas to all of you out there from Mount Nebo to you all. I'm Gary Furr, and this is the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. Thanks for joining me today. You can find my music at G-A-F-U-R-R, G-A-F-U-R.com, and you can go to my blog site for lots of other information and writings at GaryFur.me, G-A-R-Y-F-U-R-R.me. Once again, thank you so much. Join me next time on the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress.